Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to the latest episode of the Broadview Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk about Bill Maher. And, and sometimes, and sometimes I gotta, uh, and sometimes, and sometimes I gotta coach, 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 coach. Uh, and sometimes, and sometimes I gotta, uh, and sometimes, and sometimes. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Broadview Podcast. On today's episode, uh, like I said at the top, we're going to talk about Bill Maher. Um, some other stuff too that I want to kind of talk about fit in here is kind of <laughs> related to Bill Maher a little bit. Um, Bill Maher, if you know, if you're not familiar, Bill Maher has a show on, <clears throat> for those who don't know, has a show on HBO um, called, what the fuck is his show called? Um, it's not important. It's really, it's, it's not important. Um, he had a show called Political Incorrectness. I mean, he is very much a staple of wanting to be desperately politically incorrect. And he's been asking for that since the 80s and 90s. Um, And there is a certain kind of like, there's a really uh, blurred line here between things that are politically correct or incorrect and just like pure ignorance or racism or bullshit. You know what I mean? And a lot of comedians, and I get it, kind of, I don't know. I think a lot of comedians operate under this shroud of comedy to get out their own bias or their own we almost at times we kind of act like comedians are perfect you know what i mean like they have perfect values and a great example is is dave Chappelle. as much as i love dave Chappelle, and i know this is going to be kind of unpopular whatever as much as i love him uh and as much as smart as i think he is you know what i mean i kind of do think he might be transphobic you know what i mean and i've had this conversation with a million people i don't need anyone to argue with me about it it's not there's no argument to be had i've had this conversation with so i'm not just saying this on my own and again this is an accusation i don't know dave Chappelle, so i can't really speak to that just speaking from how i feel when i watch his stand-up sometimes it yeah it can feel transphobic and you know we are we'll defend people to the death just because we're fans of them you know i've talked about this a million times i mean if you're a fan of somebody, shit in this city, you're seeing it with, with, with Ben Simmons now, where people were fans of him. You had to be stupid if you didn't like Ben Simmons. And now all of a sudden, everyone hates him. And if you're a fan of Ben Simmons, you're stupid. And it's like, there can be no nuance here. People can't be imperfect. Our heroes and people that we idealize somehow, for whatever reason, have to be perfect. And I've talked about this too with Joe Rogan, where it's like, this person, you listen to his podcast, you became a fan of his podcast. Same thing with Joe Budden. You know, when I, I talked about this on the Joe Budden podcast. You become a fan of their work because you're a fan of them. It now all of a sudden means that whatever they say, you're just about to march lockstep with. That you can't disagree that somehow it's a challenge. It's challenging somehow to be a fan of somebody and at the same time disagree with them. Even though we'll do that with our friends and our family. We'll, at times, we'll be contrarian with the people we love. People we don't know, though, will agree. People who we are fanatics of, right? That's the word fan. The word fan is a shortened version of the word fanatic. And fanatics are like kind of extremists. You know, they're people who are like not really reasonable fans of something. You know, that's what being a fanatic is. And we will just accept whatever they say. Bill Maher is somebody who has, listen, <laughs> this dude has said so many racist things. Uh, and it bothers me how many times he just brings somebody on to give them a pass. You know what I mean? As much as I love, who is this? Um, Man, uh, Dr. Michael Eric Grayson, right? Somebody who's so fucking intelligent, he's a genius. If you don't know who he is, he's a, a 
what is he a reverend? I know he's not a reverend. I, I don't know what he is. A political scientist uh, speaks out for black rights. I mean, he's been he's everywhere. You know, you see him on CNN all the time. See him on everywhere. But when Bill Maher said the racist shit two years ago or whenever it was about, you know, I don't work in the field. I'm a house N word. Yeah, that was racist and fucking stupid. There was nothing funny about it. It was ignorant. And he brought Dr. Michael Eric Dyson to give him a pass. Brought Ice Cube on the show, a bunch of people to give him a show to give him a pass. And he didn't deserve that pass because he had been saying shit like this always and getting no repercussions. He's defended fat shaming. Like just, you know, we're allowed to make fun of people being fat. But, you know, there's a level where the idea of political incorrectness, right, of being woke or being too sensitive is really just another extremist shroud, like this other argument, this left versus right argument, where it's like, oh, you're being overly sensitive to people's mental health. You think that's wrong? You think it's wrong to care about people, especially with things like fat shaming, which is something I'm going to talk about soon, about body image and things like that. If you actually do any of the homework, any, any, any of the homework to look into fat shaming and body images and to see how every single aspect of life, same thing with racism. I, I talked about, I talk about this a lot. Uh, you know, there was a, I forgot where I saw this, who I first saw this speak about this might've been uh, Dr. Dyson about band-aids. You know, when you're black growing up and they give you a Band-Aid and they say that this, you know, it's just a subtle reminder that your skin color doesn't match the normal skin color. This Band-Aid is flesh colored, but the flesh only matches white skin. So when you have a Band-Aid on black skin, it's just another subtle reminder. And there are so many things like that that we experience, whether you're fat, whether you're a woman, whatever it is, that are subtle reminders that you don't belong or that you are less than. Um, And because of that, like when we talk about shit like this, it irritates me that we're ju- we just choose laziness. We really just rather choose to be lazy and not care about other people than actually do the homework to be like, hey, you know what? Maybe I should actually give a fuck about other people. Just because you find a fat person who says, I don't care about fat shaming doesn't mean that there's not another fat person who does care. So why don't you put the work in to actually just be a little empathetic, right? So Bill Maher, which is really the face of America. You know what I mean? As much, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> this is the face of America, a middle-aged white guy. So everyone we put in politics, not only just middle-aged white guy, but a middle-aged white guy who's skinny, uh, which I point out because there was a fat shaming uh, incident a few years ago. You know what I mean? Who is also, uh, uh, who also just wants to shame your religion, which is whatever. I, listen, I have my own feelings about religion, but to think that your pride Right, because that's kind of what this comes down to to a degree, right? Like your pride would rather govern you to insult people's intelligence than just accept that they believe something that allows them to get through. Your pride isn't more important than them. Maybe in your life, your pride is more important, but how can it be in the grand scheme of things that your pride is more important than these people's well-being? So this whole anti-woke shit is really just, in my opinion, uh, to a lot of degrees, is a label to to kind of dull us about just being a little bit empathetic. You know what I mean? And he called out, so recently, obviously, he had this, he actually had two incidents. There was one incident a couple weeks ago, which already I've forgotten about, which he said some racist shit. 
And now there's this with Lin-Manuel Miranda, who made a movie called In the Heights. And In the Heights, there are not, there are no dark Hispanic people. Now, if you know anything about Hispanic history, dark Hispanic people, just like his, just like dark people everywhere on the fucking planet uh, are, have been, th th there's prejudice against them. There's been racism against them across all of civilization. Brazil is notorious for this. On one of my songs, shout out to my songs, SoundCloud Holiday, I spliced in a, a news clipping, a, a news um, segment about how, yeah, back in the 1800s, if you were white in Puerto Rico, you could, you could submit yourself to the Spanish government to be declared as white so that you can be offered other opportunities because if you're black, you weren't gonna get it. So to say, to act like, not having dark representation in a, in these in a Hispanic movie is not important is bullshit because that's just acting like everything is the same. That's the concept, this concept, this bullshit concept. And I'm going to get into why it's so fucking misinformed, but this concept is a concept that is essentially based on saying it's the same thing we do with his, with Asian people, right? We kind of just place all Asian people in one bucket. All Hispanics for a long time were just Mexicans for a long time. We just take one group of people, place them in a bucket and say, okay, so you're, you're all the same. That means you all get the same thing without, without ever accepting that I'm Hispanic, I look white, I'm more easily accepted. That Hispanic, he looks black, he is not as easily accepted. You know what I mean? So to act like we're just, all of these people are the same, because that's essentially what he's saying. He put Hispanics in the movie, so what's the problem? Right, racism, that's the problem. And you are just a middle-aged white guy from America, a, a country known for fucking racism, speaking out on something you don't understand. That's essentially the problem here. And what, you know, it's funny because a few weeks ago I was at the gym, um, you know, where I began my workout on. And I was talking, there was this, uh, this younger black kid there. He's not a kid, he's, I guess he's 20 or something like that. He's a younger kid. I've been playing basketball with him now for, I don't even know, four or five years since he was a kid kid and you know like a teenager and now you know whatever so we were playing basketball he was really good at basketball shout out to him um and or there was another friend of mine that was there skinnier dude uh in, in great shape a guy just great shape good basketball player and we had played i don't know a million games of basketball all of the games we played all of the games at this point and we're getting tired you know what i mean we're getting tired and they, they were like, yo, come on, let's play one more. And I'm like, okay, mostly because I'm competitive and I'm an idiot. And the other guy, the skinnier guy is like, nah, man, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. And the kid's like, yo, how, how are you going to be done? Look at him. He's going to play. He's going to keep playing, but you're not going to keep playing. So then I took that as an opportunity to flip it, which it actually might've been what he was kind of subconsciously saying without realizing he was kind of saying it, but he didn't, I know he didn't mean it maliciously. I'm just throwing out the possibility that he did may have meant it this way without realizing it that you pointed at. So I brought up, Oh, so because I'm still playing because I'm fat, you're he, he should keep playing because he's skinny. Is that what you're saying? Like, look at the fat dude who keeps running up and down the court and you're going to quit already. Look at him. He keeps going. And so I started fucking with him and he got, you know, uncomfortable. Nah, I didn't say that. I got a, another friend of mine at the gym who, who I'm good friends with. I brought him and yo, you heard what he just said. He just said, Yo, how are you going to stop playing? This dude's so fat, he keep playing, blah, blah, blah. And we all just pile on him. He's like, nah, I didn't call you fat, blah, blah, blah. And I tell, so I stop him jokingly, but this is true. I say, yo, you're black, right? If a white dude came up to you and said something racist to you, and you say, yo, that's racist, and he said, no, it's not, 
it's not his place to tell you was racist, right? It's your place to tell him. And he said, yeah. I said, okay, so if you said something to a fat person and the fat person is telling you're fat shaming him, aren't you supposed to listen to the victim? He said, oh, you're right, you're right, right. Yeah, exactly, because it's true. I, was, I said that jokingly at that moment, but this is true. When you say something racist or when you do something racist to somebody, you don't dictate to them out from outside their culture. You don't dictate to them what's racist and what's not racist. This is an internal battle. This is an internal investigation among Hispanics. You don't just pick and choose to put your support behind somebody when you have a platform like this. And again, I've talked about this because it's not just about the platform. You're allowed to give your opinion. That's one thing. But it's another thing when you're speaking on somebody like you're an expert. You know what I mean? This idea, oh, because you know why? I remember what the, the other dumb shit Bill Maher said. Kevin Hart spoke about racism in America. Um, and, you know, yeah, he, 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 I don't know if he exaggerated or not, but he said, yeah, you know, racism is worse today than it ever was. Bill Maher takes that as an opportunity to say it's racist that you're not a slave, blah, 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 as if racism can only be measured by slavery. But that, that the way you mistreat people, that the, that the uh, you know, this idea that the, the, that the line of racism, the threshold of racism is based upon the way you're racist, to which extreme your racism goes, as opposed to the threshold of racism being either there is racism or there is not racism. We're talking about having the absence of racism, not, well, you're not slaves anymore. It doesn't, that doesn't, what are you talking about? Oh, so, okay, the conditions aren't as bad as they were at one time. To say that this country, what progress where? How has the country made progress? You see, because that right there, that's a, that line to say something like that. All of those things are on, are on spectrums. You know what I mean? These are all on spectrums to say, well, Conditions have improved. That's a spectrum. It's not as racist as it was. Mm, I don't. I wouldn't go far as to say it's not as racist as it was. It probably is. I would go further to say that yeah, the racism as in, isn't as overt and isn't as uh, you know people now black people have rights, but that doesn't mean that there is an absence of racism. So to say that acting like you know there hasn't been progress. Progress is a spectrum. Yeah, there's been progress. But when you start from zero and you're trying to make it to 100, you measure progress from zero to 30 and say there's progress. That's fucking bad. That's terrible. If you have to go 100 miles, yeah, you drove 30 miles. That's progress. But you still got 70 to go. How much progress is that? You know, and that's just an, I'm just making up a number. But the point being, we just don't have fucking empathy. And for you to speak out on something as opposed to ask to be educated on something. You see, because that's like the problem to me. One of the biggest problems I think people have generally is our pride doesn't allow us to be educated by people in so many degrees, so many fucking, in so many walks of life, we just refuse to be educated by people. We refuse to allow or to believe that somebody has something to say to us that could be true. And we don't have what it takes to discern that truth based on our position in their lives. So when you have celebrities, these celebrities in this country especially, they become almost deities. They're like deified. So when they say something, we just accept it. But if I'm your homie, if you know me personally and I say something, you may be more willing to be like, nah, what, he, what is he talking about? I know him. I know him. What is he talking about? Yeah, you know me. You don't know Bill Maher. 
Why would if you trust me, why wouldn't you take my word for it? Why would you take Bill Maher's word for it? Why would you take any celebrity's word for it as just factual, as anything other than entertainment? You know, because I've talked about that too. You know, as much as I do this podcast, as much as I love expressing myself and talking to whoever wants to listen to my bullshit, generally, you know, I obviously don't make money from it. This is the most purest form of this is you're ever going to get. Because if I ever start making money from it, yeah, well, now things change. Intentions change. Now, I would wish that I would never change my intentions, right? I would wish I never changed my intentions. But there's the challenge. You know, I've spoken out a million times about Barstool. They're racist, right? And my homie, the homie Fred asked me once, I think on a podcast, asked me, so if Barstool comes up to you and says, I'm going to give you a million dollar deal to do a podcast, you're going to say no? And that's a hard question. I can't really answer that until I'm in that position. The the altruistic side of me, the side that wants to believe in justice and in the best of me, says that I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm not going to compromise my values. But the human side of me, the side that needs money in this world to operate, doesn't know. Might take that money. Still say fuck this company, but might take that money. You know what I mean? I don't know what I would do. And as soon as people start making money, they kind of get, they're going to get compromised. And you have to take what they say for a grain of salt. You know, I always talk about that, especially with like YouTube shit. People go on YouTube, start spewing all types of conspiracy theories for whatever, whatever they think. At a certain point, those conspiracy theories that they're spewing are probably going to stop being true, just getting more extreme just to garner views. When you're doing things for views and clicks, now what you're putting out there, listen, I'm guilty of it. You know, my I did a video on Naomi Osaka. And now all I'm thinking about is how to parlay that because that video got my most views on YouTube than any video I've ever gotten. And I talk about basketball all the time. I talk about the Sixers. That doesn't get a ton of views and listens. I mean, I almost do that for a very small amount of people who listen to it. But all of those other broader topics, maybe this will probably get more listens and more views. It makes me now want to talk more about these things, whether I know them or not, whether I'm an expert or not. You see what I'm saying? As human beings, we're just going to be influenced by wherever we can get that money from, right? Where can we get this back from? We're going to go and go do it. You know what I mean? And as long as there are like weak people desperate to have someone to tell them what to think, people like Bill Maher are going to exist. I feel the same way about Kevin Samuel. You know what I mean? Like, it's really confusing to me. And I don't want to start a war with Kevin Samuel because I'm sure his fans are just going to call me a simp or a beta or whatever the fuck they're going to call me. I don't really give a fuck. I don't know what they call people. I have no clue. Um, but this idea, right, this concept, it, it's it's like, it's almost oxymoronic. It's like ironic. For you to go, you listen to this dude, right, who tells you how to be a man. But on the same breath of telling you how to be a man would probably tell you that he would never listen to any other man to tell him how to be a man, but he's going to tell you how to be a man, but you're not going to get that message. It just sounds good because you're getting the opportunity to watch somebody put women down from a position of power, something that men wish that they could do, something that men have been doing or wishing that they could do since the beginning of motherfucking history. <laughs> you know what I mean? Since the beginning of fucking history, men saying we're going to we're going to try to attack the weak or women should be in a place of service to us. Kevin Samuels has spawned from all of those feelings to stand there and just put women down in front of men so that men can feel empowered to do so, even though they ain't shit. You know, what I mean, I can't I don't know if Kevin Samuels is or isn't shit. I can't imagine that I would really find a lot of common ground with that dude because I am not that way. I'm very in touch with like the feminine side of me. Yeah. 
it doesn't really bother me to say that I'm not weak enough or I'm not, uh, I'm not vulnerable enough or uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm not afraid of vulnerability enough to say that, yeah, I'm like really in touch with my feminine side. In fact, that's probably the best side of me. It's the side that makes me smart at all. But this idea that you're going to tell a man how to be, or you're going to just give a man highlight reels of putting a woman down and tell men how to be men. That's confusing to me. It's confusing. You know, I recently had a, um, God, God bless my therapist. I love her to death. She's my favorite person. One of my favorite people. <clears throat> and she has paid me some of the highest compliments I've ever gotten. Um, and recently she told me, she had told me a couple out of a few compliments that I won't talk about to save my head from expanding beyond the screen to lower my ego a little bit. She had told me that, you know, out of all of the psychiatric theories that she had looked into or that she had learned throughout all her career and through all her schooling, that she didn't feel like I fit into any of these theories. You know what I mean? And the reason why to me, that's the biggest compliment aside from always having felt different my entire life generally felt like a big compliment because it confirmed something that I had always known to be true, which is, you know, we go to self-help books or we go to any, when you're, when you're even with my eating disorder, which I'll talk about later, you're going, you're looking for help. You're looking for someone to give you the steps to get through something, to tell you something. But the thing is, is they're telling you this from their perspective. They can't tell you how to be you to get through this, right? They can't tell you how to be you. That's the crazy thing. Only you can tell you that. And once you let go of what everyone else is informing you, and, and as much as we want to sit here and believe that we don't care what people think, that's like the sexy thing to say, oh, I don't care what anybody thinks. Really, you sure about that? Because the majority of our beliefs, the majority of what we feel, the majority of what we think are based on beliefs being told. If you're a Catholic or a Christian, half of your, uh, your moral compass is probably based off of these arbitrary rules to a certain degree. And these arbitrary rules are what somebody thinks and someone told you to be. Not what you developed on your own. You think you shouldn't kill someone because the book told you that killing is bad. But have you actually spent the time to be like, why is killing bad though? What are the bad things about killing? Well, let's think about that. You're taking life, right? You're taking opportunity from someone. You're taking space from someone. You're taking the ability for someone to provide for someone away from them, right? So that's the bad thing about killing. Aside from the book telling you it's bad. Okay, so that, yeah, clear. But have you thought about it at all? Have you wondered? Half of us are just doing what we were taught to do. So as much as we don't care what people think, everything we do is based off of what someone thinks to a certain degree. If you haven't spent the time to really deconstruct the things you believe or what you understand about life or what you want to do, you don't completely understand half of the lives we live are just social constructs. These are just a construct, a social construct based off of entire history of civilization before us telling us this is kind of the normal way to be. Half of it is people telling us what to be. So as much as you don't care what people think, you probably actually do. And actually, the more you post that you don't care what people think on social media, it's kind of factual that the and I, social media will be another conversation for another day. But we already know that the, 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 the facts are out there. You know what I mean? That we get a, a pretty much anytime we get likes, once social media, once developers learn that people literally had psychiatric uh, responses to things like likes on Instagram and Facebook, 
the whole purpose of those platforms was to get you to post to get you to get to get you to post to want likes because it would make you feel good about yourself because it gives you a hit of serotonin that's just a fact right so every time you get a like you get a little feel good drug and now without even realizing you start feeling for that drug so every time you post on a platform that says you don't care what anybody thinks you're really doing it to get likes because you kind of what everybody thinks is actually feeding you a drug on the way. And you just probably don't realize it. You know what I mean? Because we're not spending any time really thinking about things. We just hear some shit and we either agree or disagree without actually hearing it, thinking critically about it. Why is why is it bad that we are holding Lynn Manuel, Manuel Miranda to task? You know what I mean? Is there a degree of this that gets too far out of hand? Yeah, I do think there is. Yeah, I think sometimes we can get a little bit too far left. You know what I mean? No pun intended here, but we can get too far left, even though I've explained a million times how cancel culture doesn't actually exist. But yeah, we can get too far left because again, we don't know these people. You know what I mean? So when you're going out saying that what what Lin-Manuel Miranda did was racist, well, I don't know, is it racist or not? I kind of feel like that might depend a bit on intention. We don't really consider intention. We just consider the output. So the output was a racist act, but was the intention racist or was it just uninformed and ignorant? It's possible that that's true too, right? Because maybe he's, he just didn't think about it. It's possible he just didn't think about it. You don't know because you don't know him. Maybe he did think about it. Maybe what he did was racist. I don't know because I don't know the person. I don't know the heart of that person. And we don't really spend time considering that. We just kind of say it's it's either this or it's going to be that. You know what I mean? As opposed to being like, uh, Bill Maher, fuck you, you're wrong. Uh, but also Lin-Manuel Miranda, we would like to understand why you kind of messed this up. We would rather not, we'd rather take the easy way out of not thinking about it, file it under a category of fuck this dude and keep it moving. As opposed to being like, hey, maybe not fuck this dude, but maybe this dude does have some work to do. You know what I mean? Maybe he got some work to do. That's right, too. You know what I mean? Can't Like, this idea of cancel culture, you know, is, is kind of hard to accept, right? Especially when it came to, like, and this is not to speak out against the Me Too movement at all, because I am in full agreement and support with it. But, you know, what is the way back for somebody like, Aziz Ansari, and this is not to say that what he did was less or worse than other people, but what exactly is the way back for him? You know what I mean? Is there a way back? Because we act like human beings can't adapt, can't evolve, can't change. We act like human beings, especially when you consider shit like, if you just know the dynamics of power generally can corrupt the fuck out of people, and you can sit there and act like it's not true, that a good person is always going to be good, and a bad person is always going to be bad, but that's just an assumption on on that's just a a weak assumption on the dynamic of human beings. Humans change, we evolve, and it's so present in our political system, right? Like if somebody you, you see like debates where it's like, well, in 1992 you voted for such such and such. Yeah, are you you're talking about something from 20 years ago? Yeah, man, 20 years ago I believed this shit. 20 years later I no longer believe that shit. You know what I mean? Things changed. My life evolved. I became a different person. That's like how people work. That's how human beings work. So we act like people can't evolve, right? Like, is it possible that somebody knew he did something, that somebody really did not know he did something wrong until somebody told him, yo, this is fucked up what you're doing? And he said, is it? Yeah. Oh, shit. And now I have some work to do. 
You know what I mean? We don't give people the way back. So, yeah, there is a too far on that side for sure. I, I can completely agree with it. But to sit there and be somebody from outside of a culture and tell that culture how to handle it, no. That's just incorrect. This is just not how it works. It's not your place, Bill Maher. Sorry to tell you, it's not. I know you want to speak out on everything. You want your new rules, whatever the fuck that means. You're just an old white guy. You're just an old white guy speaking from old white guy rules. Who is used to a country just being your kind of way. Who's used to saying whatever the fuck you want to say and never actually being kicked off of the air, being held to task for it. The one time you did it is because you spoke out of the construct that you are an embodiment of which is when he lost his, his politically incorrect show for ABC because he had said something about 9-11, that, we, that the country was cowards. Well, yeah, so you spoke out against your own whiteness by calling the country cowards because that's what the country represents. Right, but now every time you say something about Black people, Puerto Rican people, the Chinese virus, whatever the fuck you want to talk about, or actually, I don't know if that was him who said that. I think I'm just confusing that with the John Stewart shit, which I'm not going to talk about right now. Anytime you said something like that, you get another pass, you get another run at it, right? Because you're not offending the actual country. You're not offending the whiteness you represent. You're just speaking on other cultures that to you, you view as subculture. This is a subculture to you. So you can sit there and play chess with Lin-Manuel Miranda and other darker Hispanic people, but that doesn't really make sense, does it? Because you're not, you have no stake in the game. You can give your opinion. Hey, I kind of feel like this, but that's not what you're doing. You see, because there's a difference between giving your opinion on something when you're not an expert. And I've talked about this with Joe Rogan. What bothers me the most about Joe Rogan, a shout out to my homie Alex, who I had this conversation with because I was wrestling with this myself. I come on here and I speak and I give my opinion. And he said, yeah, but you give your opinion from a place, from a humble place. You say you're not an expert. Right. You're right. You know what? You're right. I give that disclaimer. I'm not an expert. So I come on here, I say my piece, and that's it. But guys like Bill Maher, Joe Rogan, these guys at times can speak from places, Joe Budden can speak from places of some sort of expertise on a subject they don't know dick about. It's just your belief that you got from YouTube or some other bullshit. How about you give a disclaimer from, why don't you speak from a humble place and be like, hey, I'm going to be real. I don't completely agree with the treatment Lin-Manuel Miranda is getting. Maybe I'm wrong. But I just don't see how, unless somebody explain it to you. And then you can get educated on some shit. But no, you're speaking from a place that's like, no, my education is right. This, I am right. There is no counter argument that is right here. No, actually, you're fucking wrong. And you sound just ignorant as you always sound. You know, and this kind of brings me to that point, because it's just like, sometimes, yeah, comedians get to say things under the guise of comedy. But at times, it's just spreading ignorance. And trying to get a password because you're being funny. If you, we don't actually know what these people believe. We don't know what, what Dave Chappelle believes, right? We don't know. We don't know him personally. We haven't had personal conversations as personal as it gets when he sits on that stage and rants for half an hour and it's not a comedy, right? Like what he did with, with George Floyd, that was touching and beautiful and incredible, right? I'll never take that away. That shit was moving. Right. But now if he comes out and says something anti-Semitic, he has to be held to task for that. Just because he did this thing that was beautiful, but then did something like this that was kind of hateful. Yeah, you're going to have to call him out for it because human beings aren't perfect. They got to be educated. We have to be educated. We are beings of education. That's all we are. Animals learn by direct reaction. Don't touch fire. Fire burns. That's it. People, we don't touch fire. And then we wonder, we touch the fire, it burns. And then we wonder, well, what constructs, what is this fire made up of? What else can this fire do? 
And then we harness the power of fire. That is what human beings are. We are beings of education. We educate, we evolve. But sometimes we just rather sit here and be like, no, fuck it. You can't tell me anything. There is no discourse. There's no back and forth here. No, why am I wrong? There's no, here's my opinion on something, but what's your opinion? That's interesting. Hmm, I can learn something from this. Or maybe you can't learn something from it. You say, you know, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I can respect your fucking opinion, right? Because you're allowed to have your opinion, right? Because half of our rea- our realities is ours. You know, I've, I think I said this on a different podcast, or I might have told this to somebody else. You know, there's like funny memes. I always read these memes where people are like, have you ever felt like the main character in your life, right? Well, it's funny because if you don't feel like the main character in your life, there's probably a problem here. There's a problem you need to look into. Yeah, you're the main character of your life. That's what makes life beautiful. That's the grandeur of life. That's what makes the world so inexplicable is that there are 8 billion main characters happening at the same time. And there are also 8 billion side characters happening at the same time. And that's a crazy way to view life, right? If you think about it that way, I am the main character of my life. Everyone else involved is just a side character, right? So that, but but that's important because that means that this distinction, I exist with myself 24 hours a day. You don't exist with me. You exist with the perception of me. If I put out a podcast, if I put out four podcasts a week, and it's two and a half hours total, you exist with a perception of me that exists for two and a half hours. And because of that, you can base your opinion and say, well, this person is smart, this person is wiser, he's dumb, or he's whatever the fuck you want to say, and just move on. You don't know shit about Kevin Samuels. Would it surprise me to find out that Kevin Samuels is like a submissive in his relationship? It would not surprise me because I know that human beings are complicated and I wouldn't hold them to task for it because again, I know human beings are complicated. But I, because of that, I also know that Kevin Samuels can't tell me anything about being a man and sh- really shouldn't be telling women how to be women. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to, I don't want to hate necessarily because that's, if he's making money that way, then go get your bread. It's not my place to, to count your pockets and tell you not to make money a certain way. Go make the money however you're going to make your money. But if you are a fan of them, I implore you to wonder why you're a fan of them. And if you're a fan of them because if you're a man, you're getting to watch another man put down women and that fulfills something in you. Well, that tells me something about your self-esteem probably. It tells me something about your own weaknesses, you know? Cause that's what that is. It's kind of what that is. You're kind of just eating off of that negative energy. You know what I mean? A lot of this is that. A lot of like Bill Marshall, like I-, I can't imagine when he says something like that, that he's speaking outside, he's speaking for anyone out it within the Hispanic culture that understands the construct of racism. And I have to point that out because we know a bunch of Puerto Ricans, a bunch of Hispanics in this country voted for Donald Trump. Some of them just didn't know. There is a level of ignorance here. You know what I mean? Some people just don't know what Trump represented. They have no clue. They never, they didn't see any of Trump's tweets. They, it really is real. Some of them are just racist or aligned with racism. They don't know why. They don't know that they are. So yeah, that's true too. There's probably going to be a lot of Hispanics, my color, who don't see the problem with what Lin-Manuel Miranda did. And now you're going to have a lot of Black people that are speaking out like, hey, yeah, that's fucked up. And a lot of light-skinned Hispanics that are saying, no, it's not. And then a lot of dark-skinned Hispanics saying, yes, it is. And now we're back to square one again. Is no one listening, lack of empathy, and just dumb fucking opinions like this, spoken from a place of some sort of factual freedom, as opposed to a place of education and learning and understanding and empathy. 
we just don't have that. We lack nuance. We lack empathy. You know what I mean? It's a fucking shame, honestly. It's like the worst part. You know what I mean? Like I am optimistic. And to a certain degree, I'm a fucking romantic, if you know me. I'm a romantic. You know what I mean? And it's crazy to think because I am this romantic. But at the same time, I can be as optimistic as I can be. Sometimes I can be so downtrodden and pessimistic on just the fallacy of human nature. These concepts, this lack of empathy, this lack of nuance, the inability to be able to express yourselves without criticism and just be listened and heard and then speak back. You know what I mean? I'm sure someone, a Kevin Samuels fan may hear this shit and be like, fuck him. He probably just a beta. He's a simp. You motherfucking right. Whatever, man. Whatever exists for you is fine with me. It doesn't really make a difference. It doesn't make a difference. I know who I am and I'm comfortable as myself as a man. Right. Because I'm comfortable with myself as a man, I can look at Lin-Manuel Miranda and be like, yeah, I see a problem here. You're not representing dark Hispanics. That's a problem. Even though I'm a light Hispanic, you're not representing. I can speak for that. It doesn't have anything to do with me from a position of power. I can say that it doesn't matter. Right. Because half of us and half of us don't realize this, that half of our reactions to each other say everything about us, it says nothing about what you're reacting to. No, never says anything. And I've I've had this conversation a million times about a million different subjects, a million different subjects. Somebody called, said I was lucky one time because I had gotten a raise at work. I think I told this on another podcast. I'm pretty sure I did, but because I had gotten a raise at work, they said lucky. They said that because they felt unlucky about their life. It said nothing about my accomplishment because at first I was like, that's kind of disrespectful. You calling me lucky as opposed to congratulating me for my hard work and earning this? No, it's not that. It's just that person felt unlucky and couldn't separate themselves from how they felt. Yeah, every, our reactions say everything about us. So if I said something about Kevin Samuels or Bill Maher that offends you, I said something about you, not me, because I'm just giving you my opinion on it. I'm not saying fuck, but I am saying fuck Bill Maher because he keeps saying racist shit and getting away from, with it. And I just think he's probably a racist. If he's just going to keep saying racist shit and be like, well, but comedy, comedy, this, and he might be a racist then. Yeah, I'm just saying. And with that same energy that I'm going to say that to Bill Maher, I'm going to wonder about Dave Chappelle maybe being transphobic. I'm going to wonder about that. Yeah. Going to ask that question anytime he says a trans joke. I'm like, man, this doesn't seem like it's in good taste. Because when trans people are speaking out against them, they're speaking from a place of hurt, right? Of hurt and feeling like, hey, you're just part of a problem that we're dealing with. You're making it way too easy. Because that's always how I think about this. Right. When I hear trans jokes like that, I kind of think about it from a place like people in that audience who are already transphobic are not leaving more accepting of trans people. They hear that joke and they're like, right, you see fucking trans people, fuck them. And then they leave maybe a little bit more emboldened to hate trans people. So I'm I don't believe that it actually helps acceptance. I think acceptance helps acceptance. I think empathy helps acceptance. I don't know that comedy helps acceptance. I, I, I don't know that that's true. You know what I mean? I don't know that that's true. I think that's something that sounds wise, sounds great, but maybe needs to be challenged a little bit, in my opinion. Maybe logic helps acceptance. Logically understanding things, going through something yourself, that helps acceptance. I didn't see anyone joking through the coronavirus to get people to accept the science of the coronavirus. No. No, it's just more assholes like Bill, now like John Stewart, who just want to say that coronavirus was caused by science. And 
I'm just not gonna not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. You know, it's like the somebody said we've been existing without um without uh uh, 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 uh what the hell is the word without um vaccines for thousands of years or whatever millions of whatever they said yes we have and that's why when things like the plague happened or when things like the spanish flu happened half of the fucking population of earth gets wiped off the map is that what you want are you just thanos you just want half of the world gone then yeah there also hasn't been this many people. There also hasn't been this many people moving from place to place. Yeah, there has been a million times where, where like we know this, like we know this for a fact, where it's like, oh, this animal from Australia. Well, I'm now I'm picking a Simpsons episode, but this has happened in real life. But I'm picking the Simpsons episode to go with for whatever reason. Where an animal from this country or this ecosystem got moved to this ecosystem and it wreaked fucking havoc on that ecosystem. Yeah, it's a problem. People are moving more than they've ever moved, and there's more people than there's ever been. But it's just like basic logic no one ever wants to think about. We just rather go with the hot button, we think in headlines. I say, I, I say that all the time. That should be the name of a podcast. We think in fucking headlines. I just implore, if anyone listens to this, there are going to be times where I make you laugh, hopefully. You know what I mean? Because I do like to be funny, right? It's like a thing I like to do. But hopefully there are also times where I made you think a little bit. If I made you think a little bit more today than you thought about yesterday, maybe you'll be more willing to think a little bit more tomorrow about something that you come across. You know what I mean? That's the hope. I'm going to end it there um, because that shit sounded wise as fuck. <laughs> I'm joking. Anyway, uh, that's it, everyone. You know the drill. Wash your hands. Uh, stay safe. Black lives matter. Arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor. Stop Asian hate. Stop, stop fucking hate, man. Stop Palestinian hate. Stop Jewish hate. Stop all the fucking hate. Christ have mercy. Um, which only means something to some of you. Anyway, I'm sorry. That's it. It's <laughs> my last joke. Everybody, take care. Uh, be good. Sometimes, and sometimes I gotta. Uh, and sometimes, and sometimes I gotta. Coach, 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 coach. Uh, and sometimes, and sometimes I gotta. Uh, and sometimes, and sometimes I gotta.